Japan Village is a newly opened market and food court complex that brings a taste of Eastern cuisine to New York City. At Japan Village, you can find restaurants serving anything from breakfast to post-dinner drinks and a market for tomorrow's groceries. Join Doreen Wang and Emma Lee as they bring us down to the space in Brooklyn's industry city. What you just heard was a Japanese greeting welcoming you into the space of Japan Village. On the outside of the warehouse, a mural displays red koi fish swimming across the exterior wall. Located in Brooklyn's industry city, Japan Village brings a taste of Eastern cuisine from breakfast to post-dinner drinks and a market for tomorrow's groceries. As you enter, you face several decisions to turn left to the food court or right into the market. The market has blossomed into a 20,000 square foot market and food court. The space offers authentic products that can be found in a standard supermarket in Japan. At Cafe Japan, a bakery, you can pair your daily cup of morning coffee with a specialty Japanese green tea tiramisu cake. Nearby, Obento Yasan, a bento and rice ball store, presents staple Japanese rice dishes freshly made with each order. It's a quick grab and go suitable for those rushing through their short lunch breaks. Do you get a lot of people? Yeah, we do. Especially, it depends, uh, especially on the weekends, on holidays, uh, lunch hour, lunch rush hour, and also after work. Yeah, after work, a lot of people come too. Around the left corner, Ramen Setagaya showcases the hustle and bustle of a quick and hearty ramen stop, perfect for ending the day on a warm stomach. Plans for expansion are already in the works to double the village space. A second floor will become a retail center offering artisanal works like ceramics as well as beauty products. For now, have a seat at the Izakaya bar and order your choice of Japanese beer to end your food journey at Japan Village. Your first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. So this is your receipt. You're 34. I'm going to make okay. it quick. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. For the rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM, this has been Emma Lee and Doreen Wang. And now here is a strange sound found by Harrison Choi. <laughs> On April 27th and 28th, the Brooklyn Botanic Garden held its annual Sakura Matsuri Festival, which celebrates the bloom of over 200 Japanese cherry blossom trees. To join in on the festivities, here is Harrison Choi. 2007 was a great year. Steve Jobs had just announced the creation of the iPhone, J.K. Rowling released the last book of Harry Potter, and that year, I even got my first Nintendo Wii. But hanging on my fridge back home lies one 2007 memory that I just can't seem to remember. The day that I went to the Brooklyn Sakura Matsuri Cherry Blossom Festival. Being a Pokemon crazed and allergy prone seven year old, when asking my parents about the trip, they simply told me that I was sneezing all over the place and I was throwing a fit because I wasn't allowed to bring my Nintendo DS to play Pokemon Diamond. But the year is 2019, and I was ready to redeem myself. So on Sunday, April 27th, I took the train down to Prospect Street and attempted to relive my lack of childhood memories at the Sakura Matsuri Festival. To start off my 2019 redemption tour, I wanted to know a bit more about the garden. 
So to help me out, I was able to speak to Kathleen and Alyssa, who volunteer at the Brooklyn Botanic. Um, we both live in the, the area, and um, we met today, but we have a common interest in the garden, and we just wanted to help out. Yeah, and I live not too far away also, and I'm always here, so the cherry blossom is a good time to to help. Working here, I don't know, it just gives me solace because every time we walk through here there's something new. I mean nature has a way of sort of showing us something new. Last week for example, two weeks ago the magnolias were in full bloom and then right after that the cherry blossoms, the early cherry blossoms, there are some that come in early especially around the Japanese garden and then the, of course this week was the main, the main show and it brings in so many people. Now, interestingly enough, Kathleen and Alyssa had told me that the most common question they get is, Uh, Where are the cherry blossoms? (laughs) So eventually, Alyssa had explained that the cherry blossoms were by the north end of the garden. But this being a personal journey, I wanted to find the cherry blossoms naturally. So instead of picking up a map, I ended up following my gut, aka the percussive Japanese drums that made my stomach shake. By following the drums, I ended up at the festival's J-Lounge stage, where the So Daiko drum group was playing a piece inspired by the movements of traditional Japanese fishing. If you watch the motions of this piece closely, you can hopefully see that it's meant to, uh, to mirror the movements of fishing with a net. So if you watch, try and imagine as we're playing the movements of throwing out and then pulling back a fishing net. And you'll see it gets a little fast, maybe too fast to catch uh, most of the fish out there, but uh, hopefully we'll pull in if you have enough for lunch. As I keep walking down the festival path, I finally see it. The cloudy sky parts and becomes engulfed in a shade of pink. The garden becomes full of visitors, the smell of freshly cooked festival food comes alive, and (coughs) so do my allergies. Well hey, at least I know I'm in the right spot. Sneezing aside, the cherry blossoms are really something special. For a second, the cotton candy-like flowers take you away from the hustle and bustle of the city, and you really start to feel a sense of tranquility. Time slows down for a bit as the flower petals softly dance against the breeze. The pink dusted ground makes you feel like you're in the heart of Japan. There's people with blue hair taking pictures. Children are laughing and... Wait, what? There's people with blue hair? (laughs) You see, the Sakura Matsuri Festival isn't just a time for appreciating nature, but it turns out that the festival attracts a lot of cosplayers, or people who dress up as various characters. I had a chance to meet some of these people to understand what makes the festival a prime location to cosplay. Sure, I'm Alexis and I live in Brooklyn. My name's Kat and I also live in Brooklyn. Basically, I just made kind of like a kimono-inspired dress based off of the design of Akatsuki from Ensemble Stars. My outfit is Kofuku from the anime Noragami, which is about like the gods and their interactions with humans. It is really interesting. I lived in Japan for a year and I didn't get to do Hanami for the week that it was like really blooming because I was really sick, but it's really nice to see the nature and people appreciating it. And like, now that it's getting cloudier, it's picture taking time because the <laughs> sun won't bleach everything out. So it's better lighting. That's so interesting. Cause like for us, it's like, oh, where's the sun? But I guess for people taking That's photos, it's perfect for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better to be underexposed. Than now in the mix of cosplayers lies another group of people that come to the festival. I like. The composition is very important to me, so I want to see life, I want to see action, I want to see 
symmetry, I guess, in the picture. So it's very You're listening to Vladimir, a photographer who caught my eye with his massive camera, or as he likes to call it... I have a Canon uh, 5D Mark III, and the lens I'm using today is a Sigma 50 to 500 millimeter. Ah, of course, a 5D Mark III Sigma 50 to 500 millimeter lens. How could I forget? But complex cameras aside, I wanted to know what makes photography so special at this festival. Well, actually, I've been here probably three times. This is my third time. Actually, I do appreciate taking pictures of people dressed up in costumes. I like to see the flowers, I like to see the greenery, especially in the spring when everything starts to bloom and uh, new leaves on the trees come out. That's like the mix of very picturesque. With my mind frazzled at the thought of carrying a five pound camera, I made my way over to the Cherry Esplanade stage. Now, the cool thing about the Sakura Matsuri Festival is that if you're a fan of music and dance, you're bound to enjoy something. There was a group performing a traditional Japanese kabuki dance, there was taiko drumming, and there was even a jazz quintet. But if music isn't your thing, don't fret, because towards the end of the festival grounds is the artist village, where you can find a plethora of authentic Japanese clothing, quirky art, and handmade crafts. One booth in the artist village that caught my eye was Rumi Hara's booth. She's a Kyoto native who brought some of her comics and illustrations to the festival. My name is Rumi Hara. I'm an artist and I sell my books and other printed goods here. This is my, I think, fourth year doing this and it's a great event, so <laughs> I'm happy to be back every year. I'm currently working on a comic book series about a little girl in Japan. Her name is Nori. And I have all three books, mini comics here. Oh, the newest thing I have today is a bumper sticker. And it's a strawberry, um, skateboarding strawberry, falling over an active volcano. That says brave on it. And it's supposed to mean very brave. <laughs> but uh, I have to explain that to everyone. No one gets it. <laughs> As I depart, I buy Rumi's Berry Brave sticker, and I take one last look at the cherry blossom trees. If this is what 2007 was like, man, I must have missed out. I mean, the festival not only showcases the gorgeous powers of nature, but it brings together the greater Brooklyn community for a fantastic day to appreciate Japanese culture, cosplay, and art. And although the year is 2019, it makes me feel great knowing that in this day and age, some special things in life like the Sakura Matsuri Festival never change. <coughs> oh, and I guess allergies don't either.